0: We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the because we have found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cauterizing as a man. We no longer are the laws in Moses.
1: The world of the is
0: covered yeah. with violence, and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to this episode two of our Jonestown small series. Um, I hope you enjoyed the last one. Here's this one coming in quick succession. Hi. So,
1: welcome to part two People's Temple. Yep. Um, which we're excited about. Things have got even more reared uh, up here in the uh, podcasting uh, room. There's more gin, different gin, Yay. elderflower cordial. There's a big pink bowl of sweets.
0: Yay, sweets.
1: Again, we're trying to keep some fun in our lives as we start to talk about horrendous...
0: Sorry, that's the sound of us getting sweets. Things. away from the microphone.
1: (laughs) Please do. Um, Playing us in there uh, for the second time, as they played us in at the start of last time's episode, uh, was the People's Temple Choir from the hit album He's Able, which is not a great album title, really. I think it's a bit uh, um, ill-defined. That was Walking With You, Father. And if you'd like to know more about the music of the People's Temple, if you join us on our Patreon, there is an episode of Sam and I uh, reviewing that album (laughs) of uh, People's Temple music.
0: You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Coffee and Cults or email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com.
1: So when we last left Jim Jones, he'd been through his strange childhood of religious obsession, obsession with death, weird relationships with animals. That is not how I intended to phrase that, Sam, but we're going to keep it in. Yes. Um. He'd uh, been inspired by strange, charismatic people like Adolf Hitler. He'd also discovered communism. He'd also started like social outreach of helping the less advantaged um, and opposing segregation yep. um, and racism in the United States. He'd met his wife.
0: Marceline.
1: They were married. She was not having a great time. They were starting to think about having a child or maybe adopting a child. And to further his plans and vision of himself, he was considering going into the church, a church, church.
0: Any church, I think, was important to him. He didn't really care. He didn't seem to care about which church it was. Um, He decides from his uh, university education, as a lot of people do, suddenly becomes more politically involved and active and he would really like to be a communist leader is what he thinks
1: which is a really tough thing to decide to be in yes. 50s america <laughs> <Can> you- <laughs> Mummy,
0: when i grow up can i be a communist leader
1: there's no thinking about when i was in secondary school and you went to see the careers advisor who was always rubbish but they'd always yeah. give you like a one-page fact file of how to how you'd apply for that uh, job, I imagine the communist leader one would not have been of much help. (laughs) Must have. Excellent beard.
0: And, uh... That's
1: it. That's all it says. It's just a one-item agenda. (laughs) Jim never did. Ha-ha.
0: So, instead of becoming a communist leader in 1952, he becomes a Methodist student pastor.
1: And... He does seemingly quite well at that. Again, he's quite well regarded by the new people that he meets. He's Mm -hmm. taken to be a very serious, committed person. And he's organising in a church in a time when churches are incredibly segregated. Yes. 50s Indianapolis, not only are nearly all the churches segregated, the schools are, the businesses are, the neighbourhoods are, everything. everything. Buses, benches, drinking fountains. Yes. No area of mixing Mm -hmm. at all, pretty much.
0: Yeah. So Jim chooses a black church to start his student ministry in. He would prefer to be in a black church rather than in a white church because I think because of this um, apostolic Pentecostal church that he was influenced by as a young person... He felt like a black church might be the best place for him to go and make the most impact and have the most fun.
1: And he's really pushing this integration idea really straight on in his career, which is such a sort of ballsy thing to do at the time, given how unpopular that is.
0: Absolutely, yeah. He really is leading the way in desegregation in in Indianapolis. And for this whole section, you, you, you can't take anything away from him at this point because he's really the person... He, as a white man standing up for all these these black people that you know aren't able in the political situation as it is to stand up for themselves
1: yeah um yet. so one of his first projects as a student pastor is to start fundraising uh something like $20,000 to build a integrated multi-faith youth center it's not even going to be just for methodists wow. he wants it to be integrated and to bring loads of different christian and other faith groups together Amazing. in the city which is just again for the time extraordinary and you do i remember reading somewhere um and we'll talk more about it the things he did for integration in other places as we go on i'm sure but somebody in one of the articles said like if this guy had been hit by a car in the 50s we would just remember him as being like a civil rights leader of the
0: absolutely i said the same thing to james my partner i said like if he'd have just stopped at this point he would have been massively, like, a massive success, and he would have made such a positive impact in the world. Which he kind of did, but then also shut on it all at the end. (laughs) Um, During this uh, period where he's this student minister, uh, Jim and Marceline decide to adopt a child, Um, and so they adopt 11-year-old Agnes, and Agnes is a very, very sad figure in all of this. Um, Throughout her life, she's just kind of ignored and she's not the kid that they really want, yeah. and she's just kind of dragged around with them. So Agnes isn't actually mentioned very often in what I read, and John had to didn't know her name and had to look it up again. So that goes to show how how little an impact this child had on I'm Jim really
1: Marley. sorry, Agnes.
0: Yeah. Agnes doesn't mind.
1: I hope not. Um, so he's also... Um, Practicing what he preaches, he's integrating his own congregation. Yeah, he's going to other black churches and trying to encourage their congregations to come and like visit his and yeah. join his. Um, and that's not always popular. There are stories of you know, as soon as uh, black congregation members walk in to mm-hmm. the church, white congregation members walk out and yeah. leave. And it's yeah, you get a sense that it's quite a tense oh, yeah. environment, but held together by Jones going. This is what's happening. This is what we should be doing.
0: Absolutely, and um, in the evenings he begins preaching on the revival circuit, uh, and so he would go and he would listen and he'd watch these other pastors who were. Uh, it was kind of a like, like you go and you just listen to loads of different preachers talk to you about God and that sort of thing. Um, so he'd watch the way they riled up the crowds. Um, And he learned about spiritual healings and about the laying of hands and the driving out of demons. And he watched all this, you know, theatrics in the revival circuit and decided to learn some some of it himself.
1: Yeah, that that felt much more in the style for him.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess, yeah, it's tricky to discern how much it is he thinks that's a good way to spread the message and to work and how much it's like a really cynical how can i just get the most people here
0: i feel it's the second one yeah but that could be jeff gwynn and uh oh the book that i was referencing i said it in the previous episode but i'll just say it again now it's the road to jonestown by jeff gwynn um which is a very good comprehensive uh people's temple book i would highly recommend it yeah um
1: and so around this time, as he's going to see these people speak in tongues and do healings, um, he also sees lots of people doing prophecy and predicting the future and doing sort of incredible mind-reading things. He's at one yes. church in Columbus, Indiana. There's a church convention um, and a minister, of one of his fellow ministers, um, turns to him and says, I perceive you are a prophet whose name will go around the world and tonight you will begin your ministry. So again, he has somebody else go, you're really special. You're going to be really brilliant. And obviously Marceline is like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not
0: my flavour of Christianity. And so within these couple of years, he really, he learns his craft of this um, mega minister sort of thing. And he learns about... uh, he learns how to mind read basically and because he's not famous no one knows who he is what he does is he'll walk around the crowd quietly not speaking to anybody and listen to snippets of conversation and then when he gets up on the stage to speak he'll say you you lost your cat last week you've got a sore hip god's gonna save your hip and people don't know how he knows that because they they were just chatting to their friend about it like he didn't know he wasn't there or was he
1: yeah, and he's doing these big sort of long rambling stream of consciousness things of preaching and sometimes he'll f- make predictions and sometimes he'll throw out information um, uh, himself um, and people come up to him wanting to be touched and as he touches them, they fall down to the ground Yeah, and all of these things that are happening for other ministers suddenly start working for him. And you do wonder, in terms of his psychology, because obviously it is fully explicit, on the record, even him himself saying, "I totally faked Made and did love. this." There were yeah. times that I did that because when he's doing his um, sharing details with people, he's giving out their security, um, social security numbers yeah. and addresses and real detail stuff. But if you imagine, if you think that you're this incredibly charismatic, important guy, and then you haven't done it before, but you reach out and somebody just collapses and you know does all the speaking in tongues thing. That's got, even if you know you're faking some of your clairvoyant stuff, that's got to be some powerful yeah. shit, hasn't it? To go, look what's just happened in my... Oh,
0: but then you hear so from, creepy. like, uh, ex-Christians and things like that who talk about that and how the, the preacher, if they lay their hand on your head and make you collapse, they've pushed you over. They just push you over. Yeah. And, oh,
1: yeah. Well, and so much of it is psychological anyway. Course, I think that whenever yeah. you watch the, you know, the speaking in tongues thing, it, you know, so much people are just whipped up into this kind of
0: At drama hysteria. School, we were encouraged to speak in tongues.
1: Really? Because,
0: yeah, because it's not—it's nothing to do with God. It's just about freeing. Allegedly. I'm still
1: open-minded.
0: There's
1: some tongues for you all.
0: Um, but just to make you do different tongue sounds. There you go, you can have that for your yeah. acting classes,
1: John. Thank you. I will You're probably welcome. not do that, just in case anybody walks into one of my sessions to find me standing <laughs> in the middle of the room while all the young people lie on the floor speaking in tongues. <laughs> it might. When I was teaching at one point, I was um, put in like a dining hall because there wasn't enough classroom space when I was scheduled to teach.
0: Oh, Arts funding.
1: Everybody. Yeah. Um, and so with the kids, we had a really silly rule, which was if, because like other members of staff, would just walk right through the middle of the room to yeah. get through in the rudest way possible. So in the end, I had to deal with the class that I taught there, that if that happened, if somebody walked in, we would all just stop wherever we are and just hum until they left <laughs> the room. <laughs> which I enjoyed very much, great. but in retrospect, maybe wasn't the most professional <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they go, okay.
0: Um
1: So he's doing every trick in the book mm-hmm. basically at this point. People are falling over, he's giving out huge details, he's laying on his hands to um heal people. There's a story where he says to some woman, Oh, just go and um get a cup of water from the jug at the back would you? And she goes to pour out a jug of water at the back, and it's wine. He's like, Ooh, look what I did. I gave you some wine. Yeah. Uh, to
0: be fair, that would work on me. Someone's... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So in 1954, Jim is asked to leave the Methodist church. Now, Jim says that it's because he tried to integrate his, mm. his you know, white
1: uh, congregation.
0: Jim says it's because he tried to integrate his white congregation with a black congregation. The church say, it's because he stole money from them. So who knows which is correct? A little I'm... from
1: column A and a little from column B, I, I suspect. So.
0: yeah, I'm in this situation, for the first time ever in my life, I'm more inclined to believe the church than I'm okay. this man. Yeah. So he goes on to found a new church, which he names Community Unity. Ah, uh, that's quite difficult to say because it sounds like you just said the word community badly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> community unity. Community unity.
0: Exactly. And he pictures it as a church where you get something now. Um, So he's in Indianapolis. He goes to all these other churches to get funding for his um, all these uh, activities he wants to do with the community. He's unity. visiting
1: all these different churches and yeah. he, he's on sort of every circuit to do healing and Yep. prophecy and all kinds of stuff,
0: and he's preaching to the black population of Indianapolis, and for them, and so there's all these um, there's these brilliant stories about them talking about uh, problems that they're having in their lives. So and so's heating has been cut off, so everyone in the congregation gets together and they write letters to the heat to the company that are providing their heating, and they f- raise money between them to support each individual member of the congregation to make sure that everyone has everything that they need to have to survive and to survive comfortably
1: they take in stray animals and people uh one easter he makes everyone wear casual clothes so that people that are poorer won't feel inferior they round up kids and take them on trips to the zoo they take them for picnics he dips out of his own pocket as well which is the one moment we go because you think about how cynically he's doing some of those things, but like in these early days, he's when they're doing these charity drives, he's putting himself out. It's he's
0: practicing what he preaches as well. He doesn't live in a luxurious place. He's got secondhand furniture, they wear secondhand clothes. Um, he's living in the same way as his congregants. The church isn't that profitable, obviously because they're putting all them in a good way because they're putting all the money back into the into the community and into making sure that everyone has what they need. So on the side, as a little side hustle, Jim's selling spider monkeys door to door, which is like my favourite. It's thing so like that, great, actually. isn't it? I know. Twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine I've got a spider monkey for twenty nine dollars. Definitely. I probably I mean just the business two, of too, that but...
1: as well, to like import monkeys, have them
0: Yeah take
1: them door to door. Are the monkeys with him? Are yeah. they I'm imagining them sort of like hand in hand walking to a door, rather which I imagine is a
0: and there's a particular nicer, I can't it. I can't remember her name right now. Um, but there's this particular woman who joins the I think her name's like Ethel or something. Um, but she joins the joins starts following Jim at this time because her spider monkey had hung itself. John just did a very <laughs> sad face. This is
1: the saddest yeah. thing ever. Uh, she
0: had a spider monkey and it hung himself, and so she really wanted another one. So she looked up in the phone book where she could get another spider monkey, and the first name that was there was Jim Jones. So she went and found him, and he invited her to church, and she stayed with him all the way till the very end. She was one of the um, citizens of uh, Jonestown Agricultural Community in Guyana.
1: Wow. Such an odd side. I mean, again, in terms of putting ourselves in the place, if you
0: <laughs>
1: you hear about this guy, yeah. right, yeah. who can like do this incredible like prophecy clairvoyance stuff, Who's doing healings? Who's running soup kitchens? He's selling monkeys. You're like, whatever you your beliefs are. Surely you'd be like, I want to meet that guy. Oh,
0: absolutely. I
1: want yeah. to meet the monkey psychic <laughs> Christian charity do-gooder.
0: Yep. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> so uh, the community unity church is getting bigger and bigger, and it's starting to outgrow the building that they're uh, renting for it. Um. And so he goes back to the revival circuit, starts getting more people to in order to get more money, in order to open a different church somewhere and to buy a property, to get something. Um, he was frustrated, he could speak to thousands of people about what he calls what he would call the sky god in private. He could talk to them about that and they'd listen and they'd be enraptured, mm. but he couldn't politicise them. So Jim tried to merge his uh congregation with a white pentecostal church so his um congregation are mostly black but they weren't 100 successful in this merger but a few white members joined this Hmm. um mostly black congregation thinking yeah cool we want to be on the right side of history we want to be in the integrated church um and word gradually starts to spread and they get enough money to buy a building um in a lower income part of indianapolis that a jewish church was just leaving This church had the word temple carved outside the door. And so Jim decides to call his church the People's Temple. Now, peoples, and this confused me and annoyed me for a very long time, (laughs) does not have an apostrophe. It's the People's Temple, no apostrophe, because an apostrophe indicates ownership. And in socialism, you should not have ownership of things Ah. like that.
1: And yet, the album cover spells it with an apostrophe, which Does is it? really
0: interesting.
1: Um,
0: Maybe that was an editor. Like, uh, nope, they've done that wrong. <laughs> um, just in terms of social backdrop as well. So, we're going into 1955, which is when uh, Rosa Parks refuses to stand up on the bus and the Montgomery bus boycott happens. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. is getting uh, more public acclaim. Just as a bit of background. Yeah. So Community Unity start doing even more outreach work with um, with the community. Heck, I'm so sick of saying <laughs> that word now. Oh. Um, so they lobby the local government on issues like schools um, and Jim would send Marceline to all these local government meetings yeah. because Marceline was raised in a slightly political family, definitely Republican, Methodist, you know, very straight up and down cut. I don't yeah. know what I'm trying to say. You know, and think. it's
1: interesting because around this time, lots of the members of the congregation are like registered Republicans. Yeah. And they're giving money to the Republicans, obviously. And mm-hmm. also People's Temple do as well, yeah. which is interesting considering things they do later on when they're in a different place. Yeah. Um, and there's a real sense that re- this early on, Jim Jones is really pushing. This isn't just a church. Yeah. This is a movement. Yes. This is we are going to expand and we're going to do all of this real on the ground action, action work, mm-hmm. soup kitchens and set things up. Yes. And you can see how that was kind of super appealing to people that did want to uh, to jump in and get involved.
0: Yeah. And so this is when they set up their first nursing home. So they've got loads of elderly congruence, Um and they want to be able to offer them even more and also to get some money from them. Oh. And
1: this is a pattern that will keep coming back,
0: so time got, and time again. Exactly. Marceline was a nurse, so she's got all this background. She can deal with them medically. She's qualified, and so it creates more jobs for younger congregants. The younger congregants can go and work in the nursing home, looking after the elderly ones.
1: And they've already, from what I remember, they've already started doing this by having, like, at one point, there are like three old people living in the house, yes. in their house, yeah. in the Joneses' house. And eventually, Marceline is like, "This is not." This is and not great, this it. is yeah. not sustainable. <laughs> um,
0: they also open a, a small cafe uh, to feed the poor and homeless, um, and they call it the Free Restaurant.
1: Which is a good name for it it is.
0: restaurant. They also have like uh, more youth programmes, they have choirs, they have dance groups.
1: So again, he's continuing to do all of this sort of uh, psychic work and going, I can tell you exactly what's wrong with you. Um, I can tell you which doctor you currently have and what they're telling you to do medically. All of this, as we know from later on, is because Jim and the people sort of closest to him in running the temple are researching people, talking to people beforehand, mm-hmm. finding out where people live and going through their bins.
0: Mm.
1: Like, loads of it is through them just going and ransacking people's garbage to find stuff and then come back and go, oh, I notice you're using this. Um, I can't think there's one example that I heard, which is him talking and he's like, "Um, would you know this doctor's name? Would you know this medication that you're on? And you use this kind of hair dye, don't you? And this old woman is just going, yes, God, yes. How did you know all of that? And he starts doing all the various forms of um, hands on healing and all of that stuff. And then the healing stuff starts to get a bit more sort of extreme, I suppose, where he'll go, oh, hello. You've got cancer, haven't you? Definitely. Do you really want to be cured? Are you signed up for Jesus? That's terrible. I'll um. Terrible that you're ill. Not terrible. You're signed up for Jesus. He's not quite that (laughs) explicit um at that point. Um, and he'll do uh, laying on of healing for them and encourage sort of whip the crowd up for praying for this person. And then he'll go right. Hey, great. Go to the toilet now, and you're gonna pass that cancer out of you because God and I have decided that's not for you anymore. This little old man will shuffle off to the toilet, disappear inside, come back out. He's helped in by some of the uh, like church, uh, I don't know, crew, staff that are starting to form around Jones. And when they come back out, they can go, hey, look, here is the tumour.
0: Yeah.
1: And what do we know about that, Sam? Is it really a tumour? Is it really a (laughs) tumour? Yeah.
0: So they'd have chicken guts, they'd have just bits of awful and horrible bits and bobs Um, that they would just, you know, Jim would say, throw it away, it's going to make you all sick, and then they'd be able to hide it before anyone could have a really good look. Yeah,
1: and, like, literally, they'd sneak in with people, it seems, and as they're helping them go to the loo to pass this out, they'd drop it, like, real sleight-of-hand magic stuff.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm imagining, like, you know, when you pretend to take a coin from a kid's ear or something, (laughs) but you're going to pass the cat, It's nuts. (laughs) Um,
1: So that's happening sometimes. Sometimes, often, the people that are being healed are not genuine at all so sometimes yeah. these are people who think they're being healed who think that they've just passed to cancerous things lots of times we now know
0: that it's just for show it's for the jones
1: others. own. so there's a really famous clip which is this nice little old lady is in her wheelchair and she has a chat with jones he says that he's going to heal her they the crowd are going nuts They gradually start to sort of build up. He's saying, you don't need that anymore. You're going to be able to very slowly. She rises up out of the wheelchair. She's then, I think, given a crutch or something so she can walk a little bit with a crutch. And then he goes, no, you don't even need that. You can take a few more steps, can't you? And she takes a few more steps. And then he's like, no, run. You can run now. And she starts sprinting around the outside of this congregation. And you see these people lose their minds. It's an
0: amazing clip. But then you find out that the lady who had come out of the wheelchair is actually one of the secretaries that they dressed up to look like an elderly lady. Yeah, she's
1: not even an existing old lady. They've taken her out earlier to like a thrift shop, a charity shop to dress her up and brought her back and this becomes a regular routine. They put her in the wheelchair, she goes round and privately she starts to feel a little bit iffy about it. But this is the thing that really blows my mind and I'm sure we'll keep saying it, Sam. Yeah. These people go along with him.
0: Yeah. They just, so much of it is selective hearing with him, isn't it? They hear the bits that they like, and they just go, oh, well, he said that that thing that I really liked, so I'm just going to ignore all this stuff that I really disagree with. I'm going to ignore the fact that he's going to throw his Bible. I'm going to ignore all that.
1: And also that they're, that they're persuaded by the, the thing that he says over and over again, which is the ends justify the means. Yeah. So you want people to worship God? We've got to give them something. Yeah. And look, I can do this kind of stuff. I can do some healing. I can do some stuff. But it's not enough. We've really got to convince people. Mm-hmm. And they're persuaded to go along. And
0: yeah.
1: And that's what I think is really... Baffled. Like being that... I mean, you know, thinking about the actor-performer thing. To be that... she Watch the clip. She acts it, f-
0: absolutely. Yeah, in-
1: it looks so genuine.
0: Yeah,
1: and you re- and you know, and they're singing and hollering and whooping and
0: crying and laughing, all of it, all of it.
1: And I think we were saying in a recording break, listeners. Sam started saying this, and this is the perhaps controversial thing that I was alluding to in the last episode that I was going to say in this episode. If at this time I was looking around for a church, yeah. Holy hell, I'd this would be the quite literally holy hell, this would be the one I'd go for. You've heard that beautiful, funky music,
0: yeah.
1: Um, and singing that we've been playing into the episodes. Great
0: music, help with your actual life.
1: They're doing all of that real, Socialism. actual help stuff, yeah. Yeah, also with my face, yeah. I'm yeah. Not, I wouldn't call myself a socialist particularly, but no, all of that. that, you know, doing good and putting it into action and integrate. That's the church I'd want to be at. And you watch the these... There's so much footage. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to say it's weird that we've got so much in terms of film
0: yeah. and
1: audio of these things. The feel is just incredible. Yeah.
0: Church that looks fun. Yeah, church, looks fun.
1: yeah I, that worries me. That I do <laughs> th- and, and again, that thing that you go... You just need it to be even slightly possible that some of that's real. Yeah. I think about when a few times when I was younger, uh, not particularly believing it, I went to a few spiritualist churches and it would always be, you know, the mediums purporting to describe ghosts. It would never be enough to be like, yes, definitely that's a real thing. Yeah. But if there was just enough, just then you just go. Oh well, if I go back next time, yeah, maybe it'll. I'll just get enough. And you really feel that that must have been some of the,
0: yeah,
1: the vibe when this was
0: definitely going
1: on. <laughs>
0: so while Jim is doing all this bullshit,
1: <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I'm, we've just been really nice time. about it. But also, when you then know that thing behind it. Mm-hmm. It's de- it, it's so when you watch it, you will feel not that you will feel really uncomfortable. Freaked out. Yeah,
0: it's
1: so dark. So he hears about
0: um, this other religious person. Sorry, were
1: you going to go on something else? No, no. I that reaction was for you to describing him as a religious person. You can't see that listener. I just sort of almost put my head in my hands. Yeah. Yes, this religious person. What? Yes, he's not actually very religious in terms of what he's actually like. Is what I was going to say. No. <laughs> But nor's Jim. No, neither
0: of them are. They're both charlatans. But he th- is this um, man called Father Divine, and he ha- he's based in Harlem in New York.
1: And for something like the previous forty years, mm. he's been running this group called the Peace Mission. Yeah, sounds nice, listeners.
0: Mm. Mm. Not so mm. nice. Mm.
1: Possibly, and in fact, maybe this is like a future. I'd love to know more about them. Yeah. Possibly they might be the first really recognizable cult legit cult in America. Yeah, I think so. It's
0: the only one that I've heard of anyway in my research so far. Um so they um Father Divine's congregants are all housed together communally. Um he uh, bans sex, he bans alcohol, he bans drugs, he bans tobacco
1: sounds shit doesn't it
0: yeah um and he was married to this woman uh whose name was Penonia in 1943 penonia died and so at age 46 and so father divine marries a 21 year old woman And the way he explains that to his congregation (laughs) is that Penaniah's spirit has jumped from Penaniah's dying body into this beautiful 21-year-old white woman. Happens all the time. I know.
1: Happens When I was 21, I was forever fending off dead spirits of other people's wives.
0: Oh, that's another fun thing I forgot to say, is that Father Divine calls himself Reverend Major Jealous Divine. Which I just think is a fun That's list That's
1: amazing. Names. So
0: reverent because he's religious. Major to give him a military rank. <laughs> jealous. Because, what? Why? Are you Again, laughing?
1: it's like pick one lane, isn't I know. it?
0: Jealous because God is a jealous God, as it says in the Bible.
1: But um, isn't that like so many um, other alleged cult leaders since who can't just claim to be? You know, I always think they sort of overreach. They don't just go, I'm just really good at this one thing and I'm this one thing. They always go, you know, I'm really good and really spiritual. But also, I was an incredible military person and also I was an incredible artist. And, oh, by the way, I was a really innovative... You know, they can't just say, oh, I'm good at one thing. It has to be, like,
0: Mm -hmm. all in. So, um, Jim goes to meet Father Divine in, like I said, in 1956 or 1957
1: um, and visits him quite often throughout that. Basically, he's... Desperate for even bigger numbers you really get yeah. the sense that he's with the other groups he's affiliating with he gets mm-hmm. ordained in a few different groups he wants all the members <laughs> <laughs> um, whether they're his or somebody else's yeah and when he hears about this guy who has a it's a group that's so different as well to yeah. people's temple and you re- yeah we start to see listeners the seeds of some of the
0: mm-hmm.
1: behaviors that come up later on.
0: And a bit later on, um, I haven't got what year it is here, I don't know if you do or not, When Father Divine Dies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you got that? Pause. I can tell you <laughs> that. Keep that
1: in, I'm just consulting our timeline. <laughs> oh, maybe it's not in here. It's not that, it's like
0: no, it's ten like a... years
1: after or something, isn't it? Or five years yeah. later.
0: I might find it a little bit later. But anyway, When Father Divine Dies... Jim says, Jim goes and visits Father Divine's congregation and goes, hey, Father Divine Spirit jumped into my body. And his Father Divine's congregation go, oh, no, they didn't. Go no. away. And he absolutely fails in taking yeah. on Father Divine's congregation. But
1: he's really pitching all the way through to Father Divine when he's still alive, mm-hmm. going, you're really old now, mate, aren't you? I could take it over, couldn't I? Huh? Yep. And you, I sort of, in my head, I imagine all the other members, high up members of that cult sort of going, kid coming in thinking that he's gonna yeah. whatever. Um, father Divine's wife at the time, super not into Jones which I think is no. a big reason that yeah. doesn't happen but you see Jones really taking all that sort of inspiration now because whereas previously he's been reverend or he's been Jim around with his congregation
0: yeah.
1: Father Divine and his wife are referred to as father and mother in that group
0: Yeah.
1: and Jones is like ooh that's good
0: I'll take that I'll take
1: I also read somewhere Put
0: it in my creepy pocket. <laughs> save
1: it for later. Put it in my creepy pocket in the sheet vestment I made myself all those years ago.
0: Stuck it in the
1: belt <laughs> next to the chicken cuts, next to the Um Yeah, and well I read somewhere, and I don't know how true this is, that also Father Divine, who ran like it's a really authoritarian you are now yeah. cut off from everybody else, you're now all about me. It's supermodeled like that. It's quite mind Yeah, We know at the time that Jim Jones is starting to read lots of like, psychology and various dictators and charismatic leaders. He's absorbing that kind of information. Supposedly, Father Divine sort of had almost like a course in how to run what? and control a group. What? So the suggestion is that, that Jones like absorbed lots yeah. of that kind of teaching about how you really fucking put people in their place and really...
0: Keep them there, I suppose, as
1: well. Meanwhile, People's Temple is ticking along. Jones is starting to introduce some of the stuff he's learnt from Father Divine about how they refer to him. Things like members aren't allowed to go home for Christmas and events like that. They have to have it in the church with church members. But as he's looking for his church to expand, Jones is also looking for his family to expand.
0: (sighs) And Marceline is one of the driving forces in this, in that she thinks that if if they're preaching um, integration in the the wider community, they should also represent that in their family. And so they start by adopting two Korean children whose names are Stephanie and Lou. And Marceline is also currently pregnant with their first uh, biological child together.
1: And if I'm right in saying this, it's something like they are the first couple in... Maybe in maybe it's Indianapolis, white couple to adopt Korean children. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and again we can't emphasize enough how that's
0: massive, that's huge, bigger
1: deal yeah. that is. And there's lots of stuff of Marceline saying, you know, early on that people are spitting to her, at her in the street, yeah. and re- you know when she's out with those children, people do not like it. It's a big yeah. deal. Um, in
0: 1959. Stephanie was unfortunately killed in a car accident. Um, and three weeks later, Marceline gives birth to a son who's named Stefan Gandhi jones
1: I mean, that is a middle name no one can live up to, isn't <laughs> no, it? I know. Jeez.
0: What are you supposed to do with that? Um, and they named him, well, I think it's Stephen they pronounce it, but they've spelt it Stefan to, um, in memory of Stephanie, which I think is nice.
1: That is really... And that was a big, you know, that death in the car accident, because I think f- like, quite a few People's Temple members are in the car as well. Yeah. That's like a big, things that start to bond this community together, mm-hmm. that's quite a big sort of seismic deal in terms of, yeah, a big sort of shared tragedy for everyone.
0: Yeah. Um, so People's Temple's still growing, um, and then there are smaller churches around, and when they start speaking to their pastors about integration they go just go just go and join people's temple and so even other pastors are sending congregants to to the people's temple to join it grow, helping it grow more and more and more
1: then a few months after um stefan has been born they adopt again uh, they call that child jim jones jr and he is the first African-American baby adopted by a white couple in Indiana. Yeah. So they're like hitting the firsts of all the white adoption of different, different races, races, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So what they're doing is really incredible. And they really are paving the way for families to be integrated. And yeah, like I said, you can't take any of this away from them at all.
1: No. And, you know, there are lots of stories which I think of through this time and on, which is... Um, Jim will go to a cinema yeah. find out it's not integrated and yeah. then say oh have I taken it from you no, and, right. <laughs> oh, and then say I'm not leaving yeah. or things like that Like, I'm going to sit here until you agree that you're going to Yeah.
0: so in, in 1961 he's um, appointed the director of the Indianapolis Human Rights Commission and he uses this political sway and all his congregants in the People's Temple to force small businesses to integrate so all these old stock up white people with their diners that they only let white people go in, he'll go in and he'll have his, you know, mixed race family, in this, um, in this business. And when they ask him to leave, he says no. If you integrate your business, I will fill this business, and tomorrow and all week you will have, you know, you'll make more money than you've ever made. And until and when they agree, he he t- encourages all the people's yeah. temple to go and support these local businesses, and. Just fill it with yeah. people,
1: and again, there are crazy things. So I think it's the first cinema that's integrated is yeah. after he's done that. The first diner is after he's done that. Yeah. I think a swimming pool is the first swimming pool after he yeah. does this. It's so extraordinary, and you know, Absolutely. in all the criticism that's coming, the positive impact of this one man
0: in this in this one big city it put the city far ahead of quite a lot of the other places in, in America at the time. Extraordinary. Um. Around this time as well, he um, is given 15 minutes a day on WBC radio and he fills that time to talk about integration and people's temple and a bit about God, but not too much. Just a little sprinkle of God.
1: (laughs) A Um, little sprinkle. That's a programme I would like you to present, which is (laughs) a little sprinkle of God with Samantha Lund.
0: Um, He's also admitted to hospital for stomach ulcers at this point as well. And this hospital is segregated. And he's so he's there, he's in his hospital bed, and he refuses treatment until the wards are integrated. He won't.
1: Yeah, and when he first goes in, because he has previously had a black doctor, because yeah. he's made that sort of choice in his life, the admission staff look at his chart and go, ah, he's got a black doctor, he must be black, so they put him in the black ward of this hospital.
0: Oh! And yet he, he refuses this treatment until he, until other black patients in the hospital say I've been treated by a white doctor I was treated in this ward etc and the
1: staff are freaked out because Jim's going around he's changing the bedpans yeah. of his fellow black patients mm-hmm. he's doing all of the sort of the chores in the ward
0: yeah well in pain from stomach ulcers. yeah yep it's, it's
1: extraordinary
0: um so because he's doing so many things now he's got The um, Human Rights Commission, he's got his radio show. He's still doing the revival circuit when he can. He's running People's Temple. He's having to delegate control at this point. He's having to start leaving other people in charge. And there's this man called Archie. I don't know how to say his surname.
1: It James? I James? James.
0: I James. It James. It's spelt I-J-A-M-E-S. Archie, what are we going to call him? It James? It James. Should we call him Archie?
1: Let's call him Archie. Call Although him. I'm going to forget that later yep. when I've made notes about his yeah. <laughs> name. Um, he'd been around for a while. He was one of the... When they had one of their first soup kitchens in yep. the 50s, he'd been one of the... He was a carpenter by trade. Mm-hmm. He'd come in, gone, I want to help. I want to volunteer in the soup kitchen. Yep. And pretty soon, they'd found him lots of other jobs to do because <laughs> he was really handy yeah. and useful.
0: Um. So there's... um Between Archie and another guy called Russell Winberg, um, they're left to kind of run the sermons when jim can't be there and that sort of thing um jim really his paranoia starts to hype up now he didn't like when congregants left um and he made a real point to make a personal connection with every single person that came through the doors of people's temple he'd learn their names he'd learn their dog's name he'd learn something about them that he could talk to them about later he'd try and help them in some way and so if people try and leave, he says, oh, but we made such good friends over this thing. Mm. Oh, but I looked after your dog that week. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, for example. I don't know
1: why that struck me as funny, <laughs> Be suspicious, listeners, of anyone looking after your dogs. They will hold it over you in the future.
0: <laughs> so he starts getting really obsessed with loyalty. And then he starts um, bringing in this idea that there are people out to get them hmm. for what they're doing. And Which there were.
1: Some of this is almost certainly true as they've been doing the integration. Yeah. People don't like it. People have been hurling abuse. People have been carving swastikas on the door of various churches that they've been in.
0: Yeah. And so he starts reporting attacks on his life. He starts reporting assassination attempts at this point. Not to the police, just to his congregation. And so he buys guns. Now, Never buy a fucking gun. It's not a good idea. That's it. John just raised his eyebrows because I'm making. Unless
1: you need one. What
0: what do you need one for?
1: In case Jim Jones moves in down the street. (laughs)
0: Um. So he he fakes his first assassination in his home. He uh, Marceline and all their many kids are sleeping upstairs, and he's downstairs on his own. And suddenly there's. Bing, bang, bang, big gunshots. I'm not very good at gun noises. I'd
1: like to hear that again. It's such good radio. Pew,
0: pew, pew. (laughs) Um, And so the police come, and the police come to try and, you know, solve this assassination, catch the guy who did it, and then they look around a bit more properly, and they go, "Hmm, these bullets are travelling out of the house, not into the house. Okay, let's leave this guy.
1: And that happens a couple of times because yeah. I have in my head another story. So they've gone for like a dinner party with other people. Mm-hmm. They're staying in their house um, and Jones is left alone in the front room. Yeah. Everybody else is in the kitchen and they hear a smash. Yeah, And they come in and he goes, oh, somebody um, drove up outside and then chucked um, They were chucking stuff through the window. And again, this family don't say anything to Jim, but afterwards go to each other the glass is outside there's no <laughs> glass inside the window's broken oh, but there's nothing in the room but,
0: oh, it's crazy, which for me
1: is the first sign of the fact that this is not a man who's actually that in control of reality for no. all his being sly and faking stuff yeah these early things he do- well and later he does it so poorly
0: yeah
1: that you just wonder what's going on in his head
0: who knows <sighs> like, there's no there's no way to know At this point as well, he's starting to slip his own beliefs into the sermons. The stuff about there being a sky god, leading to the idea, the implication that there could be an earth god. Mm. Oh, I wonder who that might be.
1: (laughs) No spoilers.
0: And um, some communism-y, socialism-y sort of thing.
1: And he frames that really cleverly. Yeah. Because for lots of people who, you know, communism is such a... You know, it's tantamount to saying you're sort of pro-murder, really. I yeah. guess at the time, um, what he suggests to lots of his members are that oh, we're going to fight communism with something that's just a better, better a better Christian sort of version of looking after people, like a communalism. Um, <laughs> so here's a nice quote. Uh, from him, uh, God has for some time been putting it. This is not what his voice sounds like, listeners, if you <laughs> haven't heard it before. God, for some time, has been putting it into our hearts to sell what we have and give it to the church. We're running a restaurant, a mission to feed people, no charge for anything, because God is free and everything He has is free. It's been provided. Our home, the nicest state of Indiana, has been established on the basis from each according to his ability to each according to his need which the eagle-eyed amongst you will notice is a quote from Marx about how communism is supposed to work. So he's playing this really clever game of going, It's not at this point, he's going, it's not communism, but don't you think it would be great if everything was held in common and went to people as they need it? Yeah. In
0: October of 1961... Why are you laughing at
1: me, John? No, because I know where this is going and I love it. Go on.
0: Oh, I don't know. Now you've laughed. I've got pressure to make it fun. But I don't know if it's going to be fun. I'll carry on. He has a a vision that America will be under nuclear attack from Russia.
1: And what's great, listeners, and I don't know if this is in the information that you had, Sam. So this is the one he tells Archie, right? Yeah. So we already know that Jones's theology is a little bit all over the place. Mm -hmm. Because what I have noted down... Um, is that Jones tells him that he's had uh, a vision and that these voices warning him of nuclear Armageddon are, in fact, extraterrestrials.
0: Oh! Cool. (laughs) I didn't have that in there.
1: For those of you playing cult bingo at home, mixing Christianity and UFO culture, tick. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so he he decides he's going to take a break and he's going to find somewhere safe to send his congregation to... Bring everyone to this particular place. Um, he has a little visit to British Guiana, considers it, thinks about it, maybe moves his family to Hawaii and tries to get a preacher's job there. But he is turned down for preacher a preacher's job because he's not actually he's not actually fucking qualified to be a preacher by the church
1: yet.
0: <laughs> um, and so he spent a little bit of time in Hawaii. Didn't quite work out. So he goes back to Indianapolis. Casually one day, just sitting, flicking through his favourite magazine, Esquire, when he it's reads... all of our favourite magazines. Oh, I know, it's mine.
1: Other um, magazines are available.
0: Oh, no, they're not, John. <laughs> well, Esquire, please sponsor us. Only Esquire. Um, he reads a list of nine places that are safe from nuclear fallout.
1: So this is a great article, Nine Places to Hide, by uh, Caroline Bird. Oh,
0: have you got it? If
1: you really want to be safe, Sam... it doesn't say that, how creepy would that be? Oh my god. If you really want to be safe... Oh, it's the same voice as Jim Jones. If you really want to be safe from atomic destruction, here is the most up-to-date of survival... (laughs) If you really want to be safe from atomic destruction, here is the most up-to-date of survival surveys, a guide to the few remaining places on this Earth where human life would not be destroyed.
0: So I'll rattle through those places. We've got Eureka, California, Cork in Ireland, Guadalajara in Mexico, Chile's Central Valley, Mendoza in Argentina, Belo Horizonte in Brazil, Tanarive, Madagascar, Melbourne, Australia and Christchurch, New Zealand.
1: So if you're uh, worried about that at home, God, I was going to do that as a joke, but actually with the way the world is at the moment, the returning threat of nuclear war is not as that ridiculous, is it? Um, So if you're in America, of those supposedly the uber-safest is the one in Eureka, California. Uh, If you're in Europe, Cork, Ireland is the place that you should aim for. I imagine that's different now because I guess ranges and bases and things have changed. but.
0: But anyway, he decides the nicest one of those places that he wants to go would be Brazil. Sunny, people are beautiful in Brazil. I can understand. Why are you frowning at me?
1: I wasn't frowning. I was just enjoying your passion for the people of Brazil. I I want to check now on our uh, listening figures, how many Brazilian (laughs) listeners we have, because get in touch with Sam listeners.
0: (laughs) If you want to. Um, So he decides to go there and establish a church. Um, And so he's on his way. He leaves Russell Wimberg in charge of um, People's Temple back in Indianapolis stops off in Mexico on his way to Brazil and finds out that Russell has basically instantly gone back to just regular church services. He's got rid of all the stuff that Jim Jones did and he's just doing Bible, boring talk.
1: And amongst the people that have been left in charge, none of them really get on with each other. They've all got very different ideas of what should be going on. There's huge kind of info. It's... Yeah, and everyone's
0: there for Jim no one's there for the talk about God no one's there for the socialism they're all there for Jim Jones so he hears that Russell has just changed everything and just gone back to boring church but he can't just go back immediately so he carries on just lets it happen he buys this house in Belo Horizonte but little hitch here no one speaks Portuguese he doesn't speak Portuguese Marceline doesn't speak Portuguese they can't speak to anybody. No one can go and listen to them preach because they don't speak English. So he's just there. And, um, there's no money coming in from People's Temple. Membership is is waning because Jim's not there to hold them all together. And in 1962, the Cuban Missile Crisis happens. Um, so that galvanises the people that are still in People's Temple. Oh my God, there's a nuclear missile. It's pointing this way. It's going to happen. Oof. He's definitely right. God which it must have been for a lot of people it must have been yeah
1: there.
0: um jim moves quickly moves to rio de janeiro to see if he has any more luck opening a church there he doesn't so he goes back in 1963 he goes back and people's temple is now down from several hundred congregants to about 200.
1: Mm. he's not very happy
0: no so they bought this um this building this jewish temple building um, but now everyone kind of echoed in there because there weren't enough people to fill it anymore. Um, so they had to downsize. This is quite an embarrassing year for Jim Jones. They had to they had to go back to renting a little tiny uh, building for them all. Um, and because of all the work he'd done in the last few years, Indianapolis was basically integrated. Mm. Um, obviously, there wasn't... Uh, equality yet but the businesses were integrated black people had a lot more freedom than they did before and so he couldn't use his same techniques to get people into his church because they could go to whatever church they wanted now so now he starts preaching socialism mostly um and am pretty much falling just short of saying he is god yeah he lost
1: again it's strange isn't it he's uh, with a congregation that's following that and going, okay, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus and God, and you're healing people through their power, and we're all, you know, at one time most of us are Republicans, and uh, okay, you're a bit sceptical about the God thing, okay, that's uh, when you're you're a bit sceptical about the the Bible thing, and yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah like, like, just imagine staying use? in the pews yeah. and going, well, I'm still here, but uh, <laughs> it's not really the same group that I joined. Bonkers.
0: Um, he he loses his radio show now as well, which he'd managed to keep up um, with the help of Archie while he was away um, because he claims to be a modern day prophet. And so WBC radio go, you can't say that shit. Like, that's not allowed. You're not allowed your radio show now.
1: <laughs> That's why you'll notice listeners, neither Sam or I have claimed to be prophets, yes. even though we totally are <laughs> in this whole podcast series so far. <laughs>
0: Um, So he now decides he's going to move to California, because that's a bit closer than Brazil. People are more likely to want to move there. And so he sends some members ahead of him in advance to buy a couple of houses, get set up, and wait for him to arrive. He is finally formally ordained in 1964. Woo! So after all this preaching, churchy business, Finally now, he's formally ordained.
1: Into the Disciples of Christ um, movement or church. Yes. Which is huge. Yeah. such a bi- And is a real stamp of like big credibility and connection. He's been courting this guy uh, whose surname is Chase for a long time, that yeah. he should be involved and that his church should be accepted. Chase has been sort of in the church and out of it. And finally, he's in... And again, that thing of joining other groups, taking people's mem- taking members from them, using yeah. them to recruit you, that kind of slightly cannibalistic thing he does is really kind
0: of Yeah, and he's going to do a little bit more of that as he goes to California. So he, um, when he's on a visit to see his um, uh, church members that have already set up them, set themselves up there, he meets some members of Christ's Church of the Golden Rule. Ooh. Now, I want to know what the Golden Rule is. Is it like manners or...
1: Well, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you, is isn't it? is that what it is? I think so.
0: Oh, my theology is poor.
1: I, that's what's commonly now known as the golden rule.
0: Okay, cool. So they had a self-supporting community in Ukiah. And so Jim goes, oh, that's amazing. I want a self-supporting community. Can we come and join you? And they go, no, no, <laughs> you, no, you can't. You can come and use our hall. No, thanks. You can use our hall for services, but you can't live here. Hi- yeah. I don't want you to live here. Thank you. Um, So now he's got to convince all his followers in Indianapolis to come. So Jim has kept track of every single favour he's ever done for everybody. And so he goes, do you want to move to California? And they go, no. Ah, but but I looked after your dog. And they go, oh, you got me, (laughs) OK. And um, explains all this stuff about nuclear war. is going to be safe. We'll go there. So they do. Uh, 90 people he convinces to move. And also at this time, he registers the People's Temple of the Disciples of Christ as a tax-exempt organisation.
1: Woo! Best kind of organisation.
0: Yep. Um, So they, they all move there, they're all happy. They write back to their friends and family in Indianapolis, and 50 or 60 more people come. Ukiah's pretty dodgy about all the black people they've got moving in now. People's Temple is still a mostly black congregation, yeah. and the UK citizens are like, "Oh, we we don't like and it." And
1: they're starting to like bus people in as well. The church has invested yeah. in all these sort of buses for them to go and recruit right, yeah. and visit events. Oh, yes, according to my wow. things, because they've been bussing them in. Maybe that's not true. I know they get more later. One. No, I've got oh. that is happening when they go to uh, Mendiocco. Cool, let's go for it. Anyway, there are lots of them. <laughs>
0: Um, so this hostility really helped with the us and them sort of thing that cult leaders try and establish. Look, no one wants us here. It's because we're doing all this hard work. He's stepping up his nuclear war talk. It's going to be less than two years now. It's going to be on the 16th of a month. Who knows which month, but it will be <laughs> on the 16th.
1: <laughs> that is the laziest kind of prophecy yes. ever, isn't it? Wow.
0: Um, and he lets his um, lets his... Keep wanting, I keep saying congregants, but... And then, like, members, but... Followers? Followers. Yeah. Either all One of them. He lets his people know um, that he's found a cave for them all to hide in and to store equipment in for when uh, Doomsday comes.
1: Does your church have a cave? No. No. <laughs> Don't you wish your church had a cave?
0: <laughs> um. So they... You know, they start sending supplies up there. No one, apart from Jim, supposedly actually sees the cave or gets to go and visit it. They all know it's there, but no one knows exactly where it is. It's
1: so weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah. To try and um, ingratiate themselves in this community, People's Temple members start sending birthday cards to people. To to UKI citizens, if they find out they've had a birthday, they'll send them a lovely card. If there's been a death in the family, they'll say, oh, really sorry for your loss. Here's some flowers." And
1: they're doing this to their neighbours. They're yep. doing this to people running organisations. Mm-hmm. They're picking any local politician. Yep. They're making them cakes and sending them cakes, leaving cakes <sighs> on their doorstep.
0: Can you imagine if you woke up one day and there's a cake on your doorstep? Oh, I wouldn't trust it. It'd it wouldn't be last a-
1: very long, especially in this weather at the moment. No. Anyway. that would just it'd be it'd have really to be disappointing.
0: In, like, sealed plastic packaging with a. Well-known shop on the front, otherwise... Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, But they're doing this incredible sort of campaign of befriending people and writing them letters. And it's not just, you know, low-level officials either. They write and, I think, give cake to Reagan. Yeah. To J. Edgar Hoover. And they get letters back going, Gee, golly, thanks for the cake. (laughs) Um And all of this comes, you know, and this is why would you not find this creepy? All of these letters are like, hi, you're really great, aren't you? Happy birthday. Isn't it? everything good? By the way, Jim Jones is really brilliant. And he's just I just wanted to tell you how good father Jim is.
0: Bye. Thank you. I hope you
1: enjoyed the cake. Also
0: during this point as well, there's um, lots of young people, as I say during this point, it happens quite a lot, young people who've been brought up in the city and they want to move out and they want to go to the countryside and they want a more natural life. Um, so he appeals to these people with using socialism and then he appeals to the other people using religion. And so there's this real like dual conversation. Yeah, two happen.
1: congregations basically, yeah. isn't it? So,
0: and I can't remember um, which documentary it was, but where um, a man said... If you wanted socialism, you listened to that bit and you just ignored the religious bit. If you wanted religion, you just listened to that bit and you ignored the socialist bit.
1: Yeah. And isn't that sort of what everyone does, really? Because no, it's so unlikely that you're going to find any kind of denominational group that's going to exactly chime with you.
0: Yeah.
1: And you just have to go for how big the feeling is. So we
0: just had a little pause in our recording to discuss how long this is going to run. I'm just going to try and rattle through some things a bit more quickly now. Yep. Um, and it might end up as four parts instead of three, depending on... Oh, my God, we didn't really anticipate how long this was going to take. But we're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, yeah. we hope you are as well, listeners.
0: Um. So, Jim trains 20 young members. 20 young... 20
1: young mummers, the 20. old English Christ- Christmas uh, tradition of people enacting... <laughs> George and the dragon and the Turkish knight. No, it's too long. Trying to keep it light before we get to Jane's
0: So he trains 20 young members to protect
1: everyone. In comes our old father Christmas. That's what I'm imagining now.
0: Their job is to take everyone to the hills in case of nuclear attack and um, protect everyone with crossbows and that sort of thing. In spring of 1966, the People's, Temp- People's Temple membership is, like, around 150 people, Excuse, mostly white. Um, still quite a lot of black congregants, but not as many, because he lost a lot of those in Indianapolis. And they go, they march to protest the Vietnam War. Um, Jim happens to be away that day, so he leaves um, Russell Wimberg to kind of lead the march. And he says, Uh Russell, watch out, because I think you're going to be assassinated. No, no, no. And Russell goes, oh, can I not do it? And he says, no, you have to do it anyway. So Russell Winberg stood there at the top of some steps, giving a little speech to the people's temple, and then suddenly this man starts walking towards him with a gun. Jim's away this day. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Jim appears. (gasps) He's come to save the day. (gasps) He walks towards the man with the gun, and the man with the gun walks away.
1: Wow, powerful stuff.
0: Powerful stuff, almost like almost like Jim might have set something up there.
1: I mean, I'm sure that's not going to become an increasingly repeated pattern in the next two episodes. Ooh.
0: Um, in August of 1966, Jim announces that People's Temple are going to enter an accident cycle. This is something that happens quite often. He'll often declare, everyone's going to be... I was going to say everyone's going to be having an accident, but it sounds like everyone's just lost control of their (laughs) (laughs) bowels.
1: If only it was that.
0: Yes. Um, Basically indicating everyone's going to be um, prone to death in some sort of unexpected manner.
1: That's amazing. None of this was in the book that I read. Really? Yeah. Not, well, the accident cycle stuff.
0: Oh. Sunday, September the 11th, 1966. We're at a People's Temple meeting. Jim calls out this man um, whose name is Marion Freestone.
1: Oh my god, I want his name. That's brilliant. Marion. Marion Freestone. If you want me to. <laughs> no, it only works with the um, surname. surname. Otherwise, it just makes me think of the cat from uh, Mungo's.
0: Okay. His nickname's Whitey. And um, Whitey has, he's quite often called out, what, what Jim calls being called out or called to the floor. During a meeting, but basically, someone who's committed any sort of minor indiscretion is called out onto the floor and berated by Jim Jones. Um, he had a massive thing about people being bourgeois and about being superior and uh, projection,
1: projection. <coughs> <coughs> sorry,
0: um, lack of commitment to socialism, some sort of personality indiscretion that he might have been perceived to have committed. So Whitey Freestone leaves the meeting. Um, on his way home from the Golden Rule property in Ukiah, um, his wife Opal and his two children are in the car and they're driving back towards Ukiah, um, with some other temple members following in the cars behind. And suddenly, uh, the car Jim's in, is stopped and some members say, Whitey Freestone's car has fallen off this cliff. And, uh, Jim goes, my place is down there. And he climbs down the ravine to get to the car that Whitey Freestone is in. Um, <laughs> firemen are summoned. They find the car. Um, the oldest child has crawled free. Um, the three Freestones were, who hadn't crawled free were trapped inside the car. Jim waited with the car until all the members were pulled out. Um, the parents survived, but unfortunately the children died. Um, and Jim's members said that it's because Jim had healed the parents at the, at the scene of the crash. He climbed down, he'd healed the parents.
1: I um, tell you what, he is a master of the theatrical, isn't he? There's that, yeah. that imagery of going, oh, I'm going to climb down into the.
0: Yeah. <sighs> um, and so that really galvanised some belief. He healed these people. Mm. Um, and the Freestones were given $1,300 for uh, the insurance for the car and for the children. Um, And so graciously, Jim Jones accepted that money on behalf of the People's Temple.
1: Oh, that's nice. What a completely open, unpersonally motivated gesture. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if this is the time to say it, Sam, but again, in terms of things that blow my mind, when you go, okay, I can imagine being in this congregation, I can even imagine going along with some of the healing stuff. But the number of times, and I'm sure it starts before this point in the chronology, mm. where he's bringing people back from the dead yes, is nuts.
0: It's crazy. There's a bit more of that a little bit later on with a, a journalist, isn't there?
1: Yeah. But just the number of times where, and it's often, you know, supposedly in the church services, it's somebody comes who's a little bit critical and then they yeah. just collapse and then are healed yeah. right there in that, a moment by jim again that's that's ballsy to pull off isn't it you said, again it's like oh just hold back a little bit because that's going to be something that's going to really make people question later on
0: just arrogance isn't it just yeah. utter hubris like, that
1: i should be seen as the kind yeah. of person that can do that again i don't know if i should say it now but most often with that where it's people that have turned up critical at the church at any point what's happened is unbeknownst to them, they've been handed a drink with some drugs in it by members of the temple staff. They collapse because the drugs uh, have knocked them unconscious, Uh, but it's only something that lasts for like five or ten minutes. So Jim just gets to go over, wave his hands over them. They regain consciousness. Mm
0: -hmm. And he can make that waving his hands over last as long as he needs it to.
1: And that's something he'd learnt from Father Divine, because Father Divine at some point had claimed that he could bring people back from the dead or kill them at one point Mm. there's a judge who's causing them trouble um, and uh, he goes oh you know that guy he's going to be in trouble now and then the judge dies and he goes I see I didn't want to do it but I had to sorry
0: no don't be sorry Um, all the Russia stuff has calmed down now the Cuban Missile Crisis is over there are no longer uh...
1: never again will there be any political difficulty between (laughs) Russia and America phew
0: Yay! No, they're best friends now, aren't they? Um, <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and uh, so now, instead of being the enemy, uh, Jim now starts talking about Russia as a socialist paradise. Oh, look at this country. They're making communism work. They're mm. making. Mm. Mm. What? Mm. Oh, okay. It's just so. It sounded like you were like, mm, socialist paradise. <laughs> <Delicious>.
1: <laughs> Board of Capitalism, try new socialist paradise. <laughs>
0: And um, also, maybe, Jim Jones was a reincarnation of Lenin. Oh, couldn't say. Who knows? Again, it's like, pick one
1: thing, isn't it? You're not only the new Jesus, but you're also Lenin. And Father Divine. And Father Divine. I mean, that's a lot of souls in one person to be bumping around. (laughs) Um, That's an inner monologue I'd like to hear. (laughs)
0: What Lenin and Jesus and God (laughs) and Father Divine having a chat? Is that what you mean? Yep.
1: (laughs) At least two of those people being massive dickheads. That's Lenin and Father Divine, by the way. I'm not being outright blasphemous early on. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Lenin was a twat. Whoa. Come at me, bro. <laughs>
0: um, he now suggests that maybe it would be a good idea for us all to move to Russia. And everyone was like, no, thank you. California's really warm. Russia seems quite <laughs> yeah. cold and it's far away and everyone speaks Russian. I, no, thank you. Um, everyone kind of does that quietly. And there's this one guy called Joe Phillips who is the only vocal objector who goes, nah, from the back, no, thank you. No, I don't want to. Do you know the people
1: I love most in yeah. all of these stories are the people like him?
0: Yeah. Absolutely, And yeah. we'll
1: mention a few now, before the time comes, I'm sure, where Jones says something ridiculous like that and there's just one voice that goes,
0: oi, no.
1: Yeah. Stop it.
0: Love him. Yeah. So previously... Joe Phillips had spoken to Jim about feeling like he wanted to have a relationship with another woman who wasn't his wife. And Jim goes, yeah, that's cool. That's okay. You can do that. I'll bless that relationship. Just don't tell your wife. I won't tell your wife. And everything's fine with God. And so now he says, let's move to Russia. And Joe Phillips goes, no. And so Jim says, that's because you're having a relationship with a woman that isn't your wife says it in front of everybody, humiliates Joe Phillips in front of everybody. Unbeknownst to Joe Phillips, he has also spoken to Joe's wife and his mistress about this, and they all gang up on Joe and send him away.
1: Nuts.
0: Yeah. Um. So this, Joe Phillips has um, been interviewed since leaving, obviously, and just, he was humiliated into it. He couldn't stay anymore. Everyone yeah. knew what he'd done.
1: And again, you really realise, again, like other groups that around Jones and his sort of this group of staff who are starting to form around him. yeah that they just know everything about everyone and they tell you something and you're not allowed to tell the other people what you know about everybody else yeah. and then you hear something and you don't know whether that's true or whether that's come from
0: yep yes it's, it, it, his knack for psyching people out and playing with their minds. And making people feel important and close to him and we all... while simultaneously pushing them away and keeping them separate. But
1: we've all had that friend, haven't we, that is like the shit stirrer. Oh, you can come and talk to me about it. Oh, that's yeah. really bad. It then goes and says the same thing to the other person and then plays people off. Yeah. But it's like the, the Uber version of
0: that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. God. Jim now starts falling out with the Golden Rule leadership. They're still using their property in Ukiah to um, conduct their meetings. It falls out with them. Uh, They say, you can't have your meetings here anymore. So he gets his uh, church members to build a new church next door to his house in Redwood Valley.
1: Great. Lovely. Um, So, we're getting ready to move to Redwood Valley. We're heading into the uh, 70s now. Um, Things have increasingly been getting weird in the church. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about this kind of... um, playing people off against each other calling people out and punishing them in front of other people yep. um in that way things have become really really strange can we just go through some some of the strangeness
0: uh, so they built this church 1968 Martin Martin Luther King Jr is assassinated Um, Jim hears about this memorial service at a Baptist church in San Francisco. So no matter what their commitments are, he orders all of his members to go and turn up to this memorial service. And all these, uh, this is a black church they're going to. And these Baptists are all so shocked to see all these white people turn up from Hmm. this church and uh, shout and mourn as passionately as they are about the death of Martin Luther King. So out of courtesy, the Baptist ministers allowed Jim to speak at the service um for a short time and he invites everybody there to a big community day at redwood valley he hadn't planned that before he just did it on the spot <laughs> so they go back to redwood valley and we've go, all done oh, that we better sort out yeah do you want to come around i have a little party no i've got to find some friends um oh you didn't respond to that which made it deeply sad oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so now he goes right okay guys um, you're all going to be complicit in this. Uh, we're going to do some healings. You're going to get healed from cancer. You're going to get healed from cancer. You're going to show your tumor off, and if anyone comes and looks at it, you're going to eat it. Just nice. shove it in your mouth. Why wouldn't you? What exactly? So these um, busloads of people come from San Francisco, and a lot of them keep coming back, and they like the services that Jim Jim gives. They keep coming back, and they, he wasn't preaching. Patients, like most Christian churches, he was preaching, no, let's go and do something. Yeah, let's sort happy, something out let's now. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah. They start to open more nursing homes because people are bringing their extended families now. Um, but he's too famous now. Everyone knows who he is. He can't walk around the crowd and listen for little mind-reading hints. So he gets other members to do it and they write notes on everyone new coming in and he gets to now start to vet who he wants to be able to join the church and who he wants to dissuade from doing that. Was to get people with big social security checks and big pensions mm. and big wages, but the ones that aren't, so, don't offer so much financially, he's not so interested in. And um, during Marceline's pregnancy with Stefan, she'd had some complications and it had given her some mobility issues. She had a really bad back, um, and her and Jim hadn't had sex for a little while. Um, Jim, it's not recorded that Jim had been unfaithful before. But now he decides, oh, I want to get my rocks off, so I cho- I choose you, Pikachu. No, he, chose- he chooses a lady. Oh, that is a <laughs> mental
1: image I did not need oh, at this no. part in proceedings.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, listeners. Should have put that in the trigger warning at the top of the... Uh...
0: <laughs> he chooses this lady whose name is Caroline Layton. She's married, she's 24 years old, and you might remember from our Synanon episode a lady called Laura Johnston Cole who'd previously been a member of Jonestown and she describes Carolyn Layton as looking like the woman from the American Gothic painting
1: oh wow four god that is some forehead isn't it that's what Um, Jimmy likes a good forehead
0: (laughs) Um, Jim instructs Caroline to get a divorce she'd been her and her husband were members of the church so yeah they do Um, her husband, Larry, stays a member of the church, eventually gets married to another lady. I've got that a bit further down in my notes somewhere. He tells Marceline about this affair and says, but if anyone else knows, you're going to be really humiliated. It's you who's going to be embarrassed about it. So you better not say anything to anybody. Um, And Jim's children are told that Carolyn was his special friend. Jim would alternate nights between staying with Carolyn in a house that he put her up in and with Marceline and the children, um, and so now this is the point that like what Jim wants and what's there for the greater good starts to join together. So through nineteen sixty eight and sixty nine, <laughs>
1: child, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, he the uh, the meetings at the weekends are open to anybody. The meetings during weekdays are closed for only for members of. Um, the People's Temple and for people who are living in this um, Redwood Valley community. So he's doing church and God and all that sort of stuff at weekends, and he's doing Socialism on Wednesdays. Socialism, socialism Wednesdays. on Wednesdays! <laughs>
1: that is the correct day for Socialism.
0: Yeah. Um, they also open a rehab clinic for San Francisco teens from lower income backgrounds. Um, Where they go cold turkey, then they move in with People's Temple members, then they get jobs in People's Temple businesses, Mm, and then they stay in the People's Temple. In April of 1969, members all sign a letter that signs all uh, monetary, financial control of everything to do with People's Temple over to solely Jim Jones and nobody else. Uh, He meets this man... Um, who becomes extremely important, well, uh, this couple that become extremely important. Um, As we go through, this gentleman's name is Tim Stone, Mm. and he is an attorney at the DA's office. Um, He was really taken with Jim, and he's engaged to this nice lady, Grace, and Grace isn't so keen on him, but she likes Tim, and she's okay, well, if he wants to do it, I'll do it as well. And Jim uh, marries them, performs a marriage ceremony for them both, and they agreed to stay with him. So now he's got someone who's got a good legal standing, he knows the law, he knows when they're breaking the law, Um, so he's got that behind him now. And by the end of 1969, regular attendance to the People's Temple is up at about 500.
1: Crazy numbers.
0: So we're in 1970 now, everyone's kind of living together in this uh, Redwood Valley community. Their quality of life is quite poor. They don't eat very well. They're expected to tithe at least 10% of their earnings, but 25% is preferred, but 50% is also preferred, but 100% is also okay with gym. They're
1: getting to the point where there's like a proper membership scheme, have a card, buy-in. It's all starting to get a bit more formal. I
0: looked for so long to try and find a picture of a membership card, and I couldn't find one.
1: They've um, been building their new facility Mm -hmm. and church, um, and I'm not quite sure of the sequence of this now whether it was a thing that they converted or whether this was part of how they... I think they must have converted it. It was a big room with a swimming pool in the middle of it. Yeah.
0: When he moved to Redwood Valley, he wanted them to build him a swimming pool. And so they did. And then they built a church around it.
1: And they used that as big recruitment. So when it was Mm -hmm. just the swimming pool, they let all... Again, in terms of segregation, they let all the poor families and all the black families come and use that swimming pool. And basically... As I imagine it, built a church around them, yeah. uh, under a lot of Archie's uh, construction point of view, um, around that swimming pool, and then had a church with a swimming pool in the middle of it, which I just love picturing and cannot yeah. quite imagine the uh, practicality. <laughs> <laughs> so I like to imagine them all with like with those noodles.
0: Oh yeah. Or with
1: you remember like when you got floats oh. when you'd have a swimming session and then they'd let the floats come out. Yeah. I don't know if that's a weird British. Thing basically, <laughs> no. big bits of foam and you could sit on Jim or play sitting on.
0: on one of those lifeguard chairs to do, anything. yes,
1: he would love that in uh, red shorts. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: So, um, in order to get some more money, when they go to San Francisco, they start going to um, Los Angeles and Seattle and lots of other places. Um, and they start selling a five dollar picture of Jim. That what is, a bargain! I know meant to protect you from disasters, but. Each picture is only good for one disaster. So you can buy this one and it's going to protect you from uh, uh, mosquito bites. But you need another one if you also want protection from lightning. And you need this one if you want protection from car accidents.
1: I mean, that's just smart, economics, isn't it? For someone who doesn't like capitalism very much, he's super good at it.
0: Exactly. But that makes, like I said, well, it makes some of the people who are there for socialism kind of go, oh... Well, I, don't, I don't really like that you're selling blessed pennies or you're encouraging these people to pay a subscription to be on a blessing plan because but we're doing loads of good with the money that you're, that yeah. you're getting so I'll look past the fact that you're taking people's money because you're doing lots of yeah. good with it instead as well.
1: And almost certainly he's being explicit about that and going yeah, yeah. but we need it because otherwise how are we going to do stuff? Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah again that's one of those things once you accept that premise yeah. it's so dangerous.
0: And Someone's got to pay for your um, porridge and your peanut butter sandwiches. Um, and there's a lady called uh, Laurie Ephrine who um, makes toasties for everybody. Everyone oh,
1: I like toasties. her. Everyone yeah. loves a toasty.
0: I know, they're the best food. Um, also, at the moment now, he's starting to get mega, mega paranoid. He's got people, armed guards at night. um
1: it's really crazy. So he's really been able to sell this siege mentality yeah. to the church membership. So they have fences, barbed uh-huh. wire. They have floodlights. They've got f- complete control of a building, really, for the first time. Yeah. Um. There's now. Can we mention Mister Muggs at this point? <laughs> yes, please. So the church sort of has like a mascot now. <laughs> Which has come through Jim's love of animals, which you'll remember from previous episodes, and his monkey selling yep. at certain points. I'm not sure I know Mr. Muggs' origin story. Do you, Sam?
0: So, uh, Jim claimed to have rescued Mr. <gasps> Muggs from a laboratory. Yes, yes. but
1: Almost certainly. He was a
0: monkey salesman for a really long yeah, time, so it's likely he had some sort of connection in the um, uh, exotic pets trade.
1: So, this chimpanzee has a cage, but on top of that cage is a guard tower to protect. And patrol, which is just a weird, incongruous kind of um, mental image. Um, I and... always
0: picture Mr. Muggs like the monkey in The Simpsons. Yes! <laughs> yes. i sure he doesn't look like that. But that's I, I don't I'm know
1: pictured. if I've seen any pictures of Mr. Muggs anywhere. Oh, yeah. no, I have. There's one in the back of this
0: ah,
1: book. Cool. We'll look at that later. Yes, um, and like, if cars park outside, yeah. then members will look out, take the registration trail those cars Mm. they're not only sort of being protective and buying guns and having a little sort of armed organization to protect themselves but they're sort of actively menacing people and seeking them out outside of the church
0: has anyone watched the louis through feature length documentary my kittens movie
1: i mean all the way through this you just go checklist so you go oh buying a thing that's going to heal you or protect you panacea society check oh it's that's a bit like the kittens that's a bit like you sort of feel like he invented
0: that's yeah
1: you know and i'm sure he borrowed from lots of previous groups Mm -hmm. but he sort of set the template that other people nexium allegedly
0: heaven's
1: gate heaven's gate we'll get to at some point um that'll be another (laughs) another bumper crop um Yeah, it's just extraordinary how much that he's pushing that and really starting now to mention the martyrdom thing and really pushing this idea that they might have to make big sacrifices for their cause 'cause because people are so hostile to them.
0: So we're going to continue. We've run on for a lot longer than we expected. I hope you're still enjoying it. If you're not enjoying it, uh, Soz. Um, But we are going to continue in a third and then a fourth episode about... Jim Jones and the People's Temple.
1: So we'll leave them in their new, highly militarized church in yes. the Redwood Valley, starting to feel under siege, and we'll explore more of life in the People's Temple next time. Love you. Love you. Bye.
0: Bye. We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cause we've been.